0: And welcome to the agenda on Monday, the 27th of February 2023. Glasgow Celtic champions, as always, as we sweep away Rangers to win the League Cup uh, and what was a genuinely glorious day um, of football and of fun. Uh, And we're going to talk through it all. We have, as always, our good friend Alan Edgar. Hello, Alan. How are you?
1: Good mate, thank you very much for, for having me this morning, it's an absolute joy to be recording this podcast today.
0: You're, you're not hanging at anything, you're you're sharp, you're ready to rock.
1: You're getting 100% pure Arnidgar content here, mm. fresh think, as a daisy.
0: I think everyone's in the same boat, so I think we'll give mm-hmm. you a wee let. uh Also this week, we our Kieran Devlin uh, was unavailable, uh, we've got our good friend Barry Gallagher, hello Barry, how are you my friend?
2: Feeling great. Um... I actually don't feel too too bad today, um, but brilliant day yesterday and looking forward to re-loving it with you guys this morning.
0: Absolutely, shout out, shout out to the Peter Scarf CFC, were you hanging out with those guys yesterday?
2: I was, yes, um, and I said I would, I don't normally do this, but I said I would give a shout out to Lindsay, um, who works there, and she talks to me every time I'm there about the pod, so uh, a big Cynic fan, um, and I know she'll appreciate the, the shout out.
0: Excellent. Uh Hope you're having a nice day, Lindsay. Good stuff. Um, Peter Scarf, uh, CSC, had a cool big banner. I took a picture of it. Um, great people. Um, Celtic one, Joy. Um, but before we even get to that, uh, how are you? Alan, how's your week been? Anything exciting? Um, been up to much?
1: Um, no, it was a weekend largely geared towards trying to get through it uh, until we got to 3 o'clock yesterday, it felt like a really long weekend so mm-hmm. uh, no, all good um, and it'll be, uh, I'll be lying low today I would imagine after this uh, nice be walk with a dog and just soak in all the content I'm uh, two thirds through watching the game back so I'll be finishing that off just when we when we wrap up here
0: Excellent stuff, uh, Barry yourself uh, we had you on uh, you were on a pod with you on last week the yeah, weekly. Weekly. weekly, excellent, uh, you been up to much
2: since? Hey uh, yes, on Saturday I went to um, an audience for Martin O'Neill. Um, it was brilliant. Um, we had the the meet and greet, so I was just in awe of him. Um, I was like a a schoolboy. I couldn't think of what to say to him, so I just kind of giggled and got a photo. So the photo was the main thing I was after. But he was in top form, um, really really funny, and lots of good stories.
0: Um, was he just talking through kind of uh, the book and stuff, or was it like any exciting, interesting experiences and stuff?
2: Um, I think largely the stories were from the book. Um but it was just good to kind of get his perspective and then it was a kind of question and answers uh, thing with him. Um and it was good it was good to kind of get his take on Ange and he was just really complimentary as, as he would be and um he was kind of kind of probed a wee bit on how who has been the best team since his, um but he was a bit non committal for, for obvious reasons. But all he said was it was a really exciting time to be a Celtic fan and he loves watching Ange play, so I thought that was quite a nice touch.
0: Yeah, it's really good. It's it's weird because yeah, I, I I I guess he still probably has ambitions to manage. Is he meant? Did he mention any of that? Because I've heard a couple of comments where he said, you know, he's still available. It's just whether, you know, the right opportunity comes.
2: He never mentioned that. Um, I think it would be, be quite it'd be interesting to see what kind of job um, he would go for, or what jobs would be made available to him. kind of feel that his kind of sort of styles? Football's moved on from that, hasn't it? Um, yeah. But still, still my favourite to this day, um, and it was just as I say, I was in awe of being in his company.
0: Excellent stuff. Great to hear it. It's, it's nice when you uh, when you get your chance to meet your heroes and they live up to expectation. Um, let's start with. Let's just start with a question. Uh, a question from Peter. Uh, Peter asks. This is going to be the opening question. We got a, a couple of really great questions coming up, uh, but Peter asks, "What was your favourite moment from the game yesterday?" Um... There was some great stuff uh, afterwards (laughs) and we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, But from the game itself, what was your favourite moment, Alan?
1: Well, I think obviously when you get a striker and, you know, bang on form and he grabs himself goals at hand and it's hard to not pick that, but I will go a wee bit left field. There was a moment, not long before Celtic scored the first goal, where I think Maeda He tries to run Tavernier and he, you know, it it doesn't quite come off him, tries to run him down the line. And Tavernier turns to the Rangers fans and tries to give them a kind of a bit of a G up. And I think when you look back at it, obviously hindsight um, helps a little bit. But when you look back at it now, Rangers offered nothing at that point in the game. They had done nothing. They were starting to kind of get on the ropes a wee bit. And you've got your captain turning to the crowd and trying to almost say to you, give us a little bit more when they've offered nothing. And it just, I think to be honest, if you try and boil it down, add that wee bit of hindsight in it, it just highlights the difference, I think, between the mentality of the teams a little bit. Rangers were at that point in the game, first half, had offered nothing, and they were trying to get a little bit more. They needed something to almost kick them into action. Obviously they needed a, you know, it was a two goal deficit before they kind of started playing in the game. And I think it maybe just highlights a wee bit how much of an occasion maybe it was for them versus us it, it felt to us it was just another game you know it was just another chance to pick up you know a trophy at Hamden which is what we're looking to known for now whereas for Rangers it felt like a big day a big occasion and you could see how much it you know the loss hurt them towards the end so you know I always like that perspective or I like to see a wee bit of pain from their side I just felt that it was a a nice wee moment um, highlighted the difference of what the game meant to them versus for us, um, and it was almost as if they were trying to play the occasion. So um, that'll be one for me. I'll always uh, look back in that nice wee moment. Uh, another losing moment for the Hall of Famer.
0: Oh he is that. He is the. He's in the losing Hall of Fame. Uh, absolutely fantastic, uh, Barry. Yourself, what would you say was your kind of favourite moment from the game?
2: I think. Um, just seeing the build-up to the second goal, um, and Captain Fantastic features again, um, but Starfelt's interception um, just kind of set the tone, um, or was an exemplification of the tone, that we were just so determined to be first to everything, um, and how high up the pitch he was to make that interception as well, um, and then I, th- I liked how, in, just after that, how calm Moy was with the With the sort of everything slowed down, and you can argue that's because he did not have any pace. But no, I thought uh, his reading of the game, but that interception for Starfelt for me just was an example of how good we were yesterday. I know he still had these couple of wee um, moments as he does, but I thought Starfelt in general was uh, superb yesterday.
0: Yeah, me too. Um, Absolutely. Adore the guy, and I thought he got he got he's been getting some good praise as well online, which is yeah. nice to see. Um, I, I was just looking at we, we were talking about this yesterday about the 2019 League Cup final. Um, why did I bring this up? Because I'm looking at their team right now, and eight of the starting 11 were involved yesterday, whereas only one of our 11 was involved yesterday, and that was um Callum McGregor. Alan, it really does, it's quite. I, it's quite stark the fact that they're still relying on these utter losers to try and kind of win anything. That they, they, essentially what it say, that says to me is that they've not moved on since two thousand nineteen when they lost that final, and we have uh, and kind of evolved.
1: Yeah, it's it's a different era of Celtic. Um, to an entirely different era of Celtic. The only thread, as you say, really is, you know, Callum McGregor, maybe if you were to look off the field, John Kennedy obviously is, a, a you know, a, a kind of a constant. Um, whereas that Rangers team is a kind of slightly jaded. I know they had guys on the bench and as ever have Rangers when they lose, it's always the guys on the bench that should have started. And, you know, just kind of they replay it and those guys are actually going to be great and they're going to turn the tide whenever they do get a start against us. I, they just, I thought they looked they they, they looked kind of unfit yesterday they didn't look like they had the same level of sharpness as us and I think when Barry was mentioning about staff felt there I just I felt that we looked and it was almost kind of bizarre to say it but we just looked lean and sharp and just all over the part I felt that we, we could have you know, even if it had gone to extra time, I know we, you know, didn't play well as the game went on, or kind of Rangers were on the ascendancy. But I know we said in the reaction yesterday that it was as if they had kind of run the race even before it got to the end. But we looked as if we could have handled another twenty, thirty minutes, you know, in terms of the kind of the pace of the game, whereas Rangers just looked a little bit tired, fatigued, and you know, the fact that it is largely the same squad as, you know, when Michael Biel was there as an assistant, I think. Uh doesn't reflect particularly well on them but you know if they bring in those new guys they brought the guys on the, late on in the game yesterday so be it i just feel i feel we are a wee bit on a different level from them and we can say that now obviously the game's done you don't see that in advance of the game of course yeah well, some people do <laughs>
0: um <laughs> seeing also i was doing a, a little bit i was just do, doing the kind of news search that i do every monday morning and i just did the Daily Express or something came up because um, you know it just came up and I looked at a link and it was uh, our journalists predict uh, who's going to win the derby and there was four of them and three of them pre- predicted Rangers and some of the reasoning was fucking wild one one of the reasoning right. was Michael Bale has a fantastic record in derbies um, and um, you know he, you know he's basically going to show. Ange post to call glow up and all this and I'm just looking I'm reading this thinking fucking mental Barry some of the media kind of coverage has been
2: ludicrous I know it's desperation I think I think they're they're determined to prove that Michael Beale is this forward thinking progressive manager um, when he's not really showed anything um, of the sort yeah obviously his record has been fairly good um, against other teams and the draw Iberts and stuff but it just seems like it's like a PR campaign, isn't it? Just to kind of see how good this guy is, and all the talk about he was the brains behind the the Gerard operation and all that. But those things always make me laugh the the journalists because it's always the the so called Celtic minded ones who always pick Celtic, will not they? Unless it's you, Keaven, who <laughs> just a weirdo. And. Uh, but the Rangers ones will always pick them and the reason, as you say, is always pathetic. Like there's no thought into it, thought behind it. Um it's just throw out words and almost to curry favour with the with the readership. It's
1: pathetic. Um absolutely I, I almost think it's have just when Barry's mentioned that, it's almost as if they're trying to convince themselves you know when you kind of advocate for something so clearly, it's almost as if you're trying to convince yourself. And I feel like I, I, I always feel like they've done that to be honest with Rangers managers over, over the years. And Michael B just feels like another of that ilk, to be honest.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I could agree more. I think it's kind of. It's, it yeah, remind, sorry, Barry
2: uh, I, I was going to say it reminds me of, um, see, when they, they bum up a player to, to try and get maximum value, like Alan Hutton's the one that kind of jumps out for me, a player who was, who was fast and maybe strong, but. I think that's kind of his own attri- his only attributes, and I remember it was just like the PR campaign on that to get him sold. They did the same with Bassie. Um mm-hmm. it seems to work for them. But I think they're trying to do that with with Beale as well. It's, you can just see right through it for what it is. Absolutely.
0: Um, David asks a question. Uh, he says, "What's been your favourite meme slash video uh, social media content over the last twelve hours?" Um, I made something today. I'll, I'll let you hear it. Okay.
3: I know how important the game is uh, when you play it against the other mob. I I don't really think about my NVIDIA performance. Obviously, the most important thing is about the win for the fans, for the club, and uh, the good performance for the players. But I'm looking for for more great performances against the other mob. Beautiful.
0: Just about fun, Alan. Just about fun. Um. What's Getting really
1: good my- mileage out of that there.
0: <laughs> yeah, because um, that's the first time I'd only ever seen him, I'd only ever seen those quotes written down. And see, so when you hear them, they're just, it's just stark how the difference between how we talk and how they talk in regards to their captain and players. Uh, but what's been your favourite sort of meme video, sort of social media, a bit of fun? Alan?
1: I was just catching up, actually, before we recorded. I was, a, I was, uh, I was, uh... Radio silence yesterday on the phone, so um, I was too busy enjoying it. I, I did like I think Tam Saelike had a a good one. Well, obviously his videos are always very good on Twitter, but he had a good uh, Michael B one earlier. That's uh, that'll be watching. I think that'll be on the rotation, so uh, I might stick with that.
2: Yeah, a Barry yourself. Mine was a it was a screen record from um, <laughs> Heart Tired. and Hand podcast and David Edgar. Listing all the the things that we are and why we deserve no respect, and how when they pumped us, he was going to be laughing hard. I should add, it's not uh, Alan's brother; it's the, <laughs> it's the David Edgar from, from the other side. But it was just it's a two minute clip tirade of why we don't deserve any respect. Um, it's just like a, a bit of moon howling, um, but I am sure he feels uh, very sheepish this morning. For, Probably for, doesn't actually.
0: Yeah, see for for people who use who have these throwaway comments about respect and dignity and all that, they're not very respectful and they're not very dignified.
2: Yeah, that's exactly it. Stop. And he, he goes he's going on about how Celtic are a, a whiny um what was it, a dot on uh, humanity or something like that. And ironically he's whining the whole way through it, so that's no, beautiful of you. If you haven't listened to it, I would, I would seek it out.
0: Uh, we got a message from Andy. Uh, Andy. I don't know if I should read this. <laughs> uh, we quick message for the agenda, lads. Yas. Loved putting that pot little piglet Beal in his place. <laughs> <laughs> Two excellent goals. Personifying this team's style of play. Um, <laughs> when the going got tough, absolutely everyone worked their socks off and kept them at arm's length. And Kdev, you've got to start having a bit more faith in this team, my man. Um... Great stuff. Uh, he says he's going to bask in the glory of uh, all the kind of internet stuff uh, this uh, this afternoon. Um Callum McGregor. Well let's let's talk about Callum McGregor. How impressed were how impressed were you with him? Uh and we talked a, a little bit briefly on it on the reaction, uh, Alan, but um how impressive, how key was uh, Callum McGregor yesterday?
1: Yeah, I I think he's clearly got an innate ability to <laughs> Be able to feel what a game needs almost at the right time, and um, actually watching it back, as I said, that most of the way through it, his performance yesterday was just very accomplished, very comfortable. Um, you know, it, it, the way the way he picks up the ball and the way he just calms everyone around him, it must be an absolute joy to have as a teammate. Um, and obviously, his record at Hamden is. But it's just incredible um, I think his performance Was really accomplished yesterday um, I know I think we had talked about uh, Or it might have been On the preview When you had maybe mentioned About getting a big performance From him um, And I think The way that he performs Is just He's unlike any other player He's happy to let others shine And kind of Almost step back And just keep things Ticking over He is a real He is an incredible captain Given obviously We had a You know great run under Scott Brown and Scott Brown almost redefined what it was to be a successful Celtic captain. For Callum McGregor to follow in, this, in his footsteps and almost forge his own kind of way but still be as successful, it was just we're, um, we're extremely lucky to have him as a
2: captain.
0: Uh, absolutely. Barry, yourself?
2: Yeah, um, I think it was I think Callum made the point um, on the, the preview about how McGregor's essentially the embodiment of Ange on the pitch and I think that put it perfectly. Um Alan said it must be a, a joy to play with, but it must be a joy to, to manage as well. Like he just he's the one player that makes you feel calm, I think. Um because at some points yesterday um my heart was my heart was going uh, ten to the dozen because particularly when they scored uh, to get back into the game, but he just calms things down, does the simple things and um it must relax everyone around him because he's as Alan says, such an unselfish player. Um, but so good. Um, His shielding of the ball was perfect. Um, The run, I think the run that he made for the second goal, um, how many times have we seen him do that? I know he did one similar at Ibrox last season, but it just kind of gives you that um, that out ball to kind of a bit of burst of pace to get through their defenders and make something happen. And yeah, it's just an absolute joy to watch. As Alan said, I didn't think we could replace Scott Brown um, so quickly um, with someone who is... Um, as good a captain as McGregor is, and he's he's just brilliant. can't say enough good things about him.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, where I was sitting yesterday, it was uh, in the the first half. Um, McGregor was, you know, Joe Hart was right in front of us, and Cal McGregor just kept showing for the ball. He just kept showing for the ball. He always made himself available. Even when he had pressure behind him, he always made himself available. His movement off the ball is maybe something you don't necessarily see on TV, but his movement off the ball is outrageously good. Um, and I always compare and contrast like like our captain and their captain and you know their captain is just a shite bad coward. Uh, Alan?
1: I think just when you mention about that the run that he makes uh, I think the one thing I'd also kind of point out about the team generally is this is a very unselfish team there's guys that are quite happy to do you know the running off the ball or some of the hard work you know to open up space for other players and everyone's kind of you get the impression everyone's Content for other guys to have the moment. Um, you know, like yesterday, you, you, it just feels like you, you've got guys like Jota, Kyogo, all capable of scoring goals. And whoever gets the goals on any given day, I think there's almost a, you know, there's a, everyone's quite happy for that other person. It could have been, could have been anyone yesterday, and I think everyone's quite content. You don't get that impression that it's. You know, that selfishness of a striker, for example, if it would have been Jotty yesterday, you could just imagine Kugel being quite content for him. And that's not always the case. Um, And it's quite good that we have that, that if one guy maybe doesn't have his best day, other guys are willing to pick up the slack for them. And it's always always quite nice to see. It's very uh, very wholesome.
0: Yeah, it's really hard to kind of foster that competitiveness, but also happiness for for each, mm-hmm. each other individually. Um here's just some comments um that McGregor has made uh, yesterday and it's classic it's uh, as a club we do are talking on the pitch and I think we did that more after more often than not you hear these comments coming out before big games but it's important for us to block it out you can't affect what anyone else is saying or doing. The gaffer said, "Doing it, doing the week during the week. We only listen to ourselves. The only voices we need are our own voices, and we continue to push each other and do our talking on the pitch when it matters. Good teams win trophies, and they win them consistently. That's the be all and end all of football. Simple, effective. Um, he's played in fifteen finals at Celtic. It's not a bad record, is it? They all matter, but th- but this one did feel special." It was the third trophy as Skipper, but the, the first is uh, the Derby. I think this is, this one is up there as one of the sweetest. When you get to finals, you're desperate to win. Throw into them the fact that it's Rangers and it goes up. Are you surprised that he's come out with like this one? And again, I'm, there's no right or wrong answer, really, because it's how heavy he feels. But are you surprised he's come out with those sort of comments that this is one of the sweetest, Barry?
2: Um, <clears throat> slightly, yeah. Um, but I can also see what he means because. I don't know about you guys, but this felt like the biggest final in the years. Um, yeah. I know there's added motivation when it's Rangers, but I think just I think I mentioned on the weekly, the, the build-up, the coverage. Um, you saw the amount of presenters or commentators that uh, via play had yesterday that felt special. Um, there's a lot of talk about it down south as well, so I can see where he's coming from. and I think everything he just said there about doing the talking on the pitch, it's I know Rangers always tend to run their mouth, but it felt like even more so, and it probably plays into what I was saying earlier But the whole Michael Beale thing, trying to paint him out to be this sort of master tactician kind of thing, but um, it felt like the biggest game in years, the most nervous I've been before a game um, for as long as I can remember, I think. Um, And it was just so sweet, the way that we did it. Um, I know there was a wee bit of, as we come into, there was a wee kind of sticky bit in the second half, but I think when you see it back it, there wasn't really any real, real chances for them. Um, and I think it was just the, the nature of the game, them having more possession. But no, I can see where he's coming from. But at the same time, it was a bit surprising because he's, he's won so many. But I suppose as captain, they all feel different. And as he says, against Rangers, it's got that extra sort of cherry on top. Alan, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I, I think after a final, I think
1: you tend to be a little bit more honest. And I think particularly in a week where there is a lot of noise, when you do keep your powder dry, you then, you almost allow yourself that opportunity to be a little bit more, you know, candid post-match. And I think that's, I think you can, can almost read that subtext there from him. He's not addressing anything directly, but he is aware that obviously there has been, you know, some significant quotes from the other side. And I think you then allow yourself that wee moment after the game, you know, when you've got a medal tucked away, that's secure, you allow yourself that, you know, not even a dig because it's not that, but you just, you almost acknowledge it. You, you know, you give it that we nod uh, and I, I, that's the way I would kind of read those quotes. So I quite like that, you know, um, dignified, if you like.
0: Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't realise that Rangers ha- had ran right up the tunnel after the, not, I don't really don't give a shit, but um, he, McGregor was saying, I don't want to talk about that. We're just happy we won the cup and we did it in our style and the way we wanted to play the game. We leave what other clubs do to them. We can't affect it. I just think it's important to be humble when you win and show the humility. He also says, it was uh, it was excellent for us to really turn up in a showpiece, showpiece game and play like we did. That was maybe the next stage of our development. Come here and really take the game to them. For an hour, we were outstanding. I don't think we won the ball back in the... I don't think they won the ball back in the press. That tells you how good we were. And we could maybe have been two or three up at half time if we were a bit more clinical. Second half was slightly different. But all aspects of the game were pleasing. See, when I said all aspects of the game were uh, pleasing, I always think of that meme of the, the Rangers guy. Um, what it... What, what, never mind. Um, I'm intrigued Me, I want to know what, it's, what gone. it's gone. It's <laughs> gone. It's literally gone from my head. I, I can't remember. Um, th- this brings us into a question from uh, our good friend Martin Friel who has um, submitted a question. We've got a number of questions today. Um, the first half yesterday... Is that the most effective Celtic's press has been against Rangers under Ange? It felt like they were suffocated in the first forty-five minutes. And follow-on question: Why do we seem to fall away in second half of games and let them back into it? Uh, I guess that's the kind of the big question we've had for a while. Is it fitness? Is it you know the fact that what we're doing, Alan? We'll start with yourself.
1: I think. I think it's frustrating. <laughs> You know, when you when you're two up, I think it felt like everyone was felt that you have that breathing space and you know, you're hoping then, given what had came before it, that actually you'd be able to see the game out. But I think you have to acknowledge that you're probably not going to have it all your own way. You know, I think we mentioned in the action yesterday, they became more aggressive. There's an urgency there that wasn't there before that. So I think you almost have to kinda be aware of that and acknowledge that in a final, you're not the idea that you go and just Dominate it for 90 minutes yeah. When you're playing against You know it's maybe a little bit um, Unlikely But in saying that I think you could certainly Have expected a little bit more composure Because as I thought we were As Martin says I think we were really really dominant We were very composed And we were very positive In the way we played out But at the other end of the pitch We just maybe lacked A little bit of that guile That you know I think we have seen um, Over the last couple of weeks So you know, it's it's almost we want everything. We want you know the whole team to kind of paw against them and have that kind of day. But and saying that when you win a final, yeah, quite comfortable. It, is, it felt it didn't feel pleasant. What. Yesterday, But as Barry says, when you actually think back to what real opportunities they had, we really did limit them. And, um, you know, I think I talked to earlier about other players getting the moment and other, you know, guys working hard to make sure that everyone gets that opportunity. It kind of felt a wee bit like that, as maybe, you know, defensively, we were just quite content um, and not dissimilar maybe to the performance last year against them at Ibrooks, where they had a lot of the ball, they felt like a lot of pressure. But in reality, when you step out of the moment, they didn't really, you know, create a lot. They didn't, you know, give Joe Hart particularly a great deal. You know, have to come up against. So I think when you look at it from that perspective, maybe it's just the nature of the final. You're not going to have it your own way, and Rangers had to be aggressive, and they did. And I think even at two one, the best chances in the game still come for us. They don't come for Rangers.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, Barry, what was your kind of take on it? I mean, you mentioned your heart palpitating. <laughs> I think we were all like that in parts through the game. Did you feel? Obviously they, they, they score that goal. Was there a feeling of oh shit or was there a feeling of we've got this?
2: Probably a bit of both. Um I think the oh shit this comes from because you want it so much, don't you? And as Alan said, when you go 2-0 up you're thinking <clears throat> you're pretty much thinking that's us done. Um which is a bit um a bit silly probably in hindsight. but when they score, <clears throat> your mind just starts racing and you feel the worst. Um and as I say, when they've got all that possession and kind of flying crosses in, um you can't help but feel the worst. But in the cold light of day, when you look back at it, um I think the comparison that Alan made there to, to Ibrox last year, we were happy for them um, to have it. Um the team were anyway, but <laughs> I certainly wasn't. Um but yeah, and I think the point that the Martin made about um the first half, like the how they weren't able to kind of break our uh, press etc was spot on like we did, we were just camped in their half I thought um, and it's interesting how you said about uh, the sort of lack of um, maybe fluency or creativity in the forward um, front, I thought that Haksibanovich when he came on, he really helped sort of address that um, I think Diza was did some brilliant work defensively but nothing really came off um, going forward for him and I thought when Haksibanovich came on we had it was it was encouraging for him. Um I think you could see how involved he was in the, the celebrations and I, I think every right to because he really gave us um an out when we were when when we were under the pressure. So um I think I think Joe Hart made a point as well. Like Rangers were always going to have their spell and I think that's just the nature of football. Um I don't know I know it does seem that we may be um Dip a wee bit in second halves, but I think that's because of how explosive and how energetic we are for the first sixty minutes or so in games. So you you are going to notice a bit of a tail off, but I don't think it's a major concern. I think it was more of a concern last year when we didn't have the the substitutes um, to yeah. kind of go up a gear or even see a game out. Um, but I think it's just it's just one of those things that's going to happen, and um, I think we will we will. In- We'll get better as as the seasons go on, but it's just just a joy to watch just now and it's a, a great time to be a fan. Bloody, uh, do
0: you know what? It bloody is, it's a bloody great time. I'm doing a Chris Bowden pressure for some reason. Um, we've got <laughs> we've got some, uh, we've got lots of questions. They're coming in thick and fast. Thanks to everyone who's taking the time. Um, we're going to talk about Hugo in a, in a few minutes, but I think this is a good segue to talk about you know Haksabanovic, Joe. Maybe some of the subs um, get a question from Matthew Lee in Aberdeen. He says our bench yesterday was the strongest it's been in a long time. The players who came on O'Reilly, Abada, Awata, O, and Haksabanovic are good enough to start regularly for Celtic. How will Ange manage to get sufficient playing time for them? What will happen to the likes of Turnbull and Ralston who appear to be on the fringes currently? And this ties in with a WhatsApp that we received. Uh, let me just get that from a uh, from Paul. Uh, do you see a different outcome in future regarding subs as i can now see hacksaw coming on before abada what is the panel's thoughts he also said did you see Angie's comments to big to sally at the end of that interview um the substitutions the squad this is something we always kind of come back to um what what what's your kind of thought, what's your feeling and thoughts? Do you think, you know, you mentioned uh I thought him and O did some really good work when they came on yesterday, they kind of took the pressure off, Oh looks really strong, uh, which which I, I like to see, and you know, I'm a big fan of Haxabanovich, he's got great technique, and he's got ability to beat someone, what's your thoughts, Alan, is that a case of, we'll watch them in training, and then whoever's kind of performing the best, will will kind of get that opportunity, or, do you think after a game like yesterday, and mind mindy thinks, oh, Maybe Hax Banovic goes up, goes up in regards to first start or first sub. Thoughts?
1: I, th- I think the two players that I think one of the interesting takeaways from yesterday with the changes firstly would be, I think, Iwata getting real, you know, important game time. Yeah, um, And I think the fact that he was the go-to um, alongside Cal McGregor, I think is quite interesting. And that's probably the biggest indicator yet. Um, since we brought Awata in, that Ange thinks that he can rely on him in a big game because I think not only you're thinking about you know the 20 minutes or so that he got or whenever it was he came on. I think the interesting thing is that potentially if the game goes to extra time, those are the guys that you're entrusting, you know, to you know be at the kind of sharp end when it comes to it. So I think that is the biggest indicator yet that you know Awata is someone that Ange believes in, and I think with I actually thought it was quite interesting when. I think I um, had to get, get booked. I think just a couple of minutes before the change, and I was looking at it when Hakzabanevich was coming on, and I was wondering, is he going to, you know, is it going to be the change for Maeda, or is he going to potentially bring a off here? Um, which I suppose was never on, you know, that that maybe never on the cards. But I did have a wee look and think. That would how much does he trust him? Um, because obviously the game is getting quite heated at that point. Um I thought Haksubinovich did look sharp, he looked like he benefited from the game being open. And I think he maybe be a wee bit maybe disappointed that he didn't, you know, grab himself the the third goal. Um but I think both of those guys came out really well yesterday, really, really positive. And I think um, you know, Haksibanovich might potentially use up as Abad as that first substitute because Abad maybe struggled a little bit when he has had that game time recently, whereas Hak I think it maybe looks like he's starting to get slightly back to the form that seen him, you know, be such an important player for us just before the world cup.
0: He's cooking Barry. I know you love that phrase. He's, he's bloody cooking. So he is. Uh, were you impressed? What's your kind of thoughts on the, on the squad state?
2: Yeah, it's looking, it's looking really good. I think, um, I think the, as I mentioned about Hacks of Banner, which the one thing that I was maybe concerned about from before was maybe not as quick as other um, wide men, but I actually thought he looked quite sharp um, yesterday. And as Alan says, the uh, sort of big pitch at Hamden, um, them having to come at us suited him down to the ground. And yeah, he probably will be annoyed that he, he didn't score that chance at the end. But what I, what I love about this squad is there's not a a drop off when you make these sort of raft of changes. Um, I know last year we often talked about does it work when he makes the triple substitution, and I think you can see this season it does because of the quality. The quality of the squad has gone up. Um, obviously, some of them have have come straight into the, the starting uh, lineup. But as it's, I think the point that Alan made there about it's you're know, trusting these guys if it does go to extra time and it must give them a lot of confidence, knowing that the manager is um, willing to give them that trust, and you mentioned oh Gal, I think that his physicality just gives us a different dimension when we need it, and he seems to have a wee bit of a, a, bit of a nasty streak in him as well, I thought yesterday, which is, I'm all over that, Like that's one way to endear, um himself to me, um, and that's how you do it, in co- contrast to what Alan was saying about Tavernier in the first half, um, controlled aggression, but we know deep down and, and, and also a shout out for Alistair Johnson who um, uh, you can tell that he hates them already and just <laughs> I love stuff like that, love it beats <laughs> them with disdain that they deserve
0: um, See in regard to the squad like you know we talk, <clears throat> we talk about guys like uh, David Turnbull and you know Anthony Ralston, it really is a case of like they are really good players, they're really good quality in regards to kind of how they've performed but as the level goes up, they just find themselves kind of dropping down a little bit. Um, and that's kind of the point.
1: Alan? I, I think I think the maybe with regards to Ralston, certainly, that the injury I think has probably cost him a little bit of game time because I think he would have probably found himself being used a little bit more, especially with JJ leaving. But being out injured, you know, it really has been a a kind of strong start for Johnston but I think if Ralston had been fit he would have found himself having a bit more game time um, whereas I think Turnbull I think that's a slightly different conversation I think the standard and the quality in that area of the park has went up quite a bit yeah. and look, Turnbull's had some really impactful moments as a substitute but I think he got the start in the St Mirren game and probably didn't take advantage of it you know after you know coming on 20 minutes, 30 minutes he'd himself a couple of goals as well towards the end of games. But when you get that start, you almost need to make the manager think a little bit more. And I don't think with his performance that day he did. So I think it is quite a tough... um, It's going to be tough for him to get starts. I think there's plenty of game time, 20 minutes here, 20 minutes there. But the idea of him getting a start now with some of these big games coming, I think is... I think especially with Alwata being the first um, go-to yesterday in that area of the park um, after O'Reilly, I think it'll be extremely tough for Turnbull to get proper game time now.
2: Yeah, Barry, your thoughts on that? Definitely, yeah. And I think, I think, give Angie's due. was trying to give him um, plenty of minutes and that we sort of spell over the last five or six weeks, but I know he scored a few goals, um, as he always tends to do, but he hasn't really grasps the uh, the opportunity. Um, you could see um, a noticeable kind of drop-off in quality when he started and I think, as Alan says, Iwata, who I thought was really tidy yesterday um, when he came on, he's he's kind of overtaken him now as well. So it'll be interesting to see whether we do move him on um, in the summer because I think this, Angie's whole sort of um philosophy is about improving all the time so it would be interesting to see if we do bring anyone else in there in the summer and that would push him down even further so yeah, it's, I like him I like him as a player but I think he's kind of his days are numbered, I would
0: say. Now at Celtic, yeah, and that's the thing though. Like, Jesus, um, I mean, that was quite apocalyptic. His days are numbered. Um, maybe we'll just. I like him as a player.
2: Days are numbered. Aren't they?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like him as a player, but his days are numbered.
2: <laughs> uh, it's, uh, Frank <laughs> <laughs> the Frank
1: Lampard.
0: The Frank Lampard. But that, that is the thing though. Like, um, it's no—it's no disrespect to say that once the level goes up to a point and it just gets higher and higher, when you drop down out of that squad, it doesn't mean you're a bad player by any stretch of the imagination. It just means that. You know, the standard is so high that you just can't break into it. And it happens all the mm-hmm. time. Um, Paddy Biggins has sent uh, a number of interesting um, kind of screenshots from Follow Follow. Uh, he says, My comment for the agenda are that I just want to take, it, uh, uh, take a minute to absolutely revel in their pain. All they done was run their mouse all week leading up to that game. Now they're back in their boxes. Twitter was an absolute joy, and I can't wait to tune into Clyde's um, Clyde Super Scoreboard tonight to hear their pain. If I could buy barrels of their tears, I would. Um, <coughs> some of the videos and memes were delightful and glorious. I never tire of them feeling. Uh, uh, I never tire of this feeling after beating them. Uh, uh, just great stuff. And also. It's it's Todd Cantwell and Ryan Jack's birthday today. Just a big shout out to Ryan Jack and Todd mm, Cantwell. Nice. Have a lovely birthday. Hopefully it's not ruined. Um, yeah, great <laughs> stuff, Paddy. I
1: love it. Ryan Jack strikes me as the type of person that would still celebrate his birthday, at, <laughs> even at his age. You know? you know, once you get past, like, you know, once the kind of milestone birthdays have been... He tend not to bother, maybe thirtieths, 40th or whatever. But Ryan Jack strikes me as like when he turned twenty-seven,
2: he probably had a really big, big day for it. That's nice. Big, 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 G like, see those big lights that people get at weddings. Like just, <laughs> just big, a big two and seven. <laughs> and I bet he insists that his girlfriend like pulls out all the stops, gets like a see all those like. Sort of garish things like a a sweet trolley and all that out the back door. Like, right, come on, come on, Ryan, you're 27. Come on, Ryan. I bet he gets a photo shoot for his birthday.
1: <laughs> yeah. He's got white linen trousers on as we speak. Uh, <laughs>
0: uh, Ange Postacoglu praises invaluable Kyogo Furuhashi as Celtic boss lauds his performance. Um, Ange was quoted as saying, "It's invaluable to have a player who is willing to do everything in his power to help the team. It's not just about his goals." He works so hard. Whatever rewards he gets, they are um, they are earned. He's not floating about looking for a chance. Oh, who's that? a. Um, he's running his socks off, doing things that other strikers won't do because we know it's the right thing for the team. Players at this football club are often measured by how well they perform at the highest of stages, and Kyogo delivers again. When, the, when you look at him, the size he is and the players he is up against, he doesn't shirk away from it. He puts the opposition under pressure. He's so clever with his movement. And he wants to be front and centre when the opportunity is there. He was outstanding today. He's been outstanding since he arrived at the football club. I thought we were fantastic in terms of our football in such a big game. The atmosphere, the way it was. We scored two excellent goals. Um, Kyogo, It's another League Cup final. It's another final where he's turned up. He's been important. And essentially he's been the difference maker. Um, question from uh, Celtic. Uh, tweeted to us uh, this question: With four goals and two uh, cup finals, one goal off league top scorer last season, despite, despite spending a lot of time out injured, and leading the scoring charts this season with nineteen goals, is it time we started to have those discussions about Kyogo? Um, Barry, where does where is where is where is what's the path that Kyogo goes on to in regards to Celtic? status.
2: He's he's right up there I think. Um and I totally agree that to be a to be let's say a, not a legend but a Celtic great, you need to really put the put the minutes in and the, the big games and um the fact that he's done it in two finals, he's also got the the crucial equaliser at Ibrox now as well. He's starting to put to bed a lot of the questions that people were sort of yeah. maybe doubting him or labelling at him. Um, and he has just a, a special talent. Um, I think he is so unselfish. I know Alan mentioned that the whole team is, but I think he's sort of he's a prime example of that. Um, everything he does is for the team, and yeah, I think it's just we need to cherish him. I think. Um, what one thing that is encouraging is I know he's a wee bit older than normally the players, the strikers that we've had like Dembele and Edward, who are sort of sort of rain picking, aren't they? right picking for. Uh, clubs because of their age and um, their development uh, still to go ahead but I'm hopeful that the fact that he is a wee bit older he would stay with us um, he certainly looks like he loves it and yeah I think if he continues in this I would say probably the best striker we've had since Larson was Dembele um, Dembele or Edward you could argue but um, I think that Kyogo's sort of fast tracking his way up that list Um and if he continues to do it, then I think it, it could be It could be that we have the the next best striker since Larson. I don't think that's, it's probably not fair to say that just now, but I don't think it's unrealistic to say that that's what he, he can become.
0: I mean, the guy, people forget, he, the guy missed a lot of football last season. He missed a lot of football and he still scored a lot of goals. And this season, I, I think over the last, you know, since we came back from the World Cup, um... I think he's been incredible, really, really incredible. Alan, what's your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I think it's quite, I think it's quite interesting because it, it feels like it's almost been, it feels like a different time ago that you know we were having the discussions about him after the Champions League group stages when I think he did have a, he had a difficult time, um, he was out of form, and I think we started to, you know, query whether how, how high his ceiling was, and I think what what he's been able to do since then is A be extremely consistent but he's added those big goals against Rangers that you know he hadn't he hadn't really had a fair crack at the whip, I think, with regards to his games against Rangers. He was unfortunate with injury, as you say. But in two games now he's been he's secured as a massive point in the league and he scored the two winning goals in a cup final and that's when you want to have the big discussions about strikers, about their level I think when Barry's absolutely right when we talk about Dembele and I think Edward as well to be fair they show up in cup finals, big games when you need goals and I think what Kyogo's done for us is show very very quickly that he is capable of doing that for us um, and it is I think Andrew's right when he points out that his goals yesterday look easy. I actually think if you think about the 10 minutes before the first goal, he was starting to kind of almost find his range a little bit. He was starting to, you know, find spaces, get into good areas. And it's not by chance that he's um, entirely free in the box. It's not just a case of Rangers switching off. It is his hard work and his movement and his kind of intelligence that gets him into those areas. So it's it's the just rewards for, for all that hard work.
0: I think, you know, there was maybe a time at the start of this, so I watched the highlights when I got home um, drunkenly. Um, had a lovely time, kind of reliving it. Um, but you know, Claire, Claire watched it in the house with uh, Claire watched it with Paul and and his uh, lovely partner Frankie, and they had a lovely time and stuff. But Claire was kind of kind of filling me in on some of the kind of the details of the stuff that happened last night. I and mean, we watched the highlights, and those are two opportunities that Kyogo has that he, he doesn't take. I think at the beginning of the season, or maybe that when he was going through that kind of tough period, you would have looked at those misses and you would have thought, "Ah, oh, shit! Like he's not going to eat." It, it's it's troubling that he's missing that missing those chances. But yesterday and over the last couple of weeks, it's like ah, another one will come along and he'll score.
1: The, like, do you know the, the the header actually reminded me a little bit of the uh, the header in the Champions League game? I think at home where. It was a it was an opportunity and for anyone else it's a half chance. But for a player like him, you think because he's deceptive he's very, very good in there Yeah. But it's one of those ones you just felt as I said, his range wasn't in and it just you kinda of looked at it and thought, I hope it isn't going to be that day where it just doesn't quite pan out for him. Obviously very quickly that would be overturned, but um it did have that kind of wee feel to it where you're thinking he's getting into the right spaces, he's doing the right things, but it maybe just wasn't coming off. I think when you watch it back though, as I as I mentioned, you start to see that actually he was just starting to get going a little bit. There wasn't a case of well, it wasn't going to come off from. You knew he was going to get more opportunities. He was going to kind of get that, you know, that easier chance, if you like. And it's very, very quickly after that chance that he does, um, he does get a first.
0: Um, he's the first player to score back-to-back braces in a League Cup final since Billy McPhail, 1956, uh, and of course the famous uh, slaughtering of Rangers 7-1 in 1957. Um He's just he's racking up the records, um, comparable to. I mean, Barry, you mentioned you know Eduard and and Dembele, and you know, I I just I think he's starting to really push ahead, and I know I know you kind of said that, but they are three different, very very different types of players. It's really kind of hard to kind of be. <clears throat> Because we, we don't want to forget, really don't want to forget what Edward did. I know that it kind of the way it ended was a bit, a bit of a pain, but and stuff, and then Melly just kind of went away very quickly, sort of thing. Is how how long he stays? Kind of does that add to the kind of the, his legacy?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, I think his as I, as I mentioned, his age hopefully will come into it. Um, not that he's over the hill by any means, but just in terms of that sort of sell on value or how clubs would look at it. I think the one thing I will say about Kyogo compared to and this not criticising Edward or Timbella at all, but he seems more talismanic, I think, um, than those two. He I think because he was sort of the the sort of blue chip signing for Ange, um, the first sort of big outlay, um, that he he was one player that he wanted to come from Japan and Um, Almost straight away, I think back to that game against Dundee at Celtic Park, the half-empty Celtic Park, when he scored the hat-trick, you realised there was something really special there. Um, And Alan made the point about, we were maybe starting to question or doubt him because of the Champions League, but I reckon if he can stay healthy and injury-free from now until the end of the season, I think it's realistic to say he'll get well into the 30s, he he'd be hoping maybe even more and having that that behind him um, without the sort of stop start that he had last year because of the injuries will really boost his confidence so that I think he would get a far better showing um, in the Champions League from Kyogo next year, obviously dependent on the draw um, but I think if it was to be a similar draw to, to this year next year, um, I certainly think he would, he would take a few of those chances that he missed because of coming off of a a really good season um, without any interruptions or disruptions, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Got a question uh, from Brian, he asks what does this final do for both clubs in regards to mentality? Not only this season, but beyond. We kind of talked about this uh, briefly on the reaction, but it'd be good to get a little bit more discussion on it. Alan, what's your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I I think we mentioned yesterday that that there was real high risk for us because as much as, you know, as a standalone final uh, winner-takes-all scenario, there is the potential that you could have that little flicker of doubt. Um, you know, if if you don't win the game or, you know, even worse if Rangers win the game and they perform really strongly in the day, it gives you that little bit of doubt with two derbies left that, you know, nine points, you know, isn't, um, you know, maybe isn't as big a lead as you, you would want. Um, but I think we have, you know, I think you... You've given them nothing. Yesterday, you haven't given them the option of saying putting that little bit of seeds in your mind. I think we're all uh, certainly chatting this morning to folk. You feel quite confident with that game in the eighth of April. Now you start to feel like actually we can perform. We've got more than enough to see see us past this Rangers team, even when maybe we don't we aren't quite as good going forward as we have been. And I think that gives us a lot of confidence. And by the same token, it takes it away from Rangers. It's another big occasion that's passed them by. Um, you know they've kind of struggled to really imprint themselves in the game until very late on and I think that then just you know you're hoping that from now until the end of the season that really that's the first big knock for Michael Beal but it's also the first really big game that he's had Um, he's had two opportunities against us not being able to you know land a kind of significant blow on us so I think you have to be confident that the win isn't just a standalone trophy. It actually really should see is hopefully going to the kind of last third of the campaign in really, really strong form. And hopefully nine points can escalate into 15, 16, 17 points. And here's hoping to travel.
0: Yeah. Barry, what's your kind of thoughts on it? They have, their fans have been going, they just make a dick of themselves and then put it on social media. I see the guy burning his top and all that. Like... <laughs> it's beyond parody like they just literally it's just hilarious how they put themselves out there like that what's your kind of thoughts on um, the mentality of both teams after that
2: yeah I think it was we spoke all last week didn't we about the approaches from both teams in terms of media work and the messages they were putting out there and we were all hoping it would come back to bite them because you look really foolish if you give all that bullish chat and it doesn't come off. So in terms of I think it gives Celtic a, a shot in the arm um, not that you could say that we needed it but we're, we're glad to take it but I think it's just it reaffirms that we're on the right path I think um, the project with Ange is a, a, a brilliant thing to watch and it just gives more weight to that, that way of playing um, and as Alan says I hope we can just kind of pull away now. It kind of whets the appetite for The game at Celtic Park, I think. Um, And another trophy gives some of the players who are new to the club a taste of success. I know Alistair Johnson was saying last night that was his first ever trophy um, in football. So, while it can seem like we're... I I like that phrase that people say, it never gets boring, because every trophy is different and every trophy means something. Um, But I think the point that when it is your first for so many of those players, it gives them that appetite to... To kind of go and get two more, this season. Alan? I think
1: just on that kind of thread as well, when you read out the quote from Carolyn McGregor earlier, one of the words that kind of jumped out at me that I thought was quite interesting was when he, I think he used the expression developing. And I think that's a really encouraging sign that this isn't a case of, look, we're in a strong position in the league. We won the league last year and we've, you know, grabbed another league cup yesterday. It's not the idea that this is a team at its kind of peak. It's the idea that this is a team that's in still hopefully the early stages of that development. I think that's something that gives you real signs for encouragement. That this isn't seen as the crowning kind of point. And even if we win the league this year, it won't be seen as a crowning point. It is almost a, a continual evolution. I think and I find that quite encouraging because it gives us real hope that this is just hopefully the start of a very, very or a continuation of a rich period of success for the club when you think about what is it offer, for Champions League? Hopefully more domestic trophies, but this isn't just a case of, look, we've finally got there. The 2019 final maybe felt a little bit like that and that the team was maybe coming to the end of its cycle, whereas this feels like very much the start of a cycle for the
2: squad. Yeah, exactly. Bra- Barry? <clears throat> I think as well it shows the contrast because you mentioned at the start, Gal, the how Rangers have the same basically the same team from three years ago, um four years ago. And we are we the team that's come out with the trophy and we are constantly wanting to improve. And I think even during the the quadruple treble stages, it felt like after the first the invincible treble, it felt like we never really improved the first team starting eleven, I think. We maybe brought in, in Cham after the first season and he was the only one it really. Um Come in uh, come into that, Edward as well, I suppose. But this team looks to constantly improve. Um we have a really good strong squad as it is, but you just know that um, as long as Angie's here and we're following this kind of path that every summer or every window uh, we'll add to the squad and then eventually the a knock on byproduct of that as the starting lineup gets gets stronger and stronger. So it is it is really exciting and it's it's good to know that we aren't just settling for um what we have because what we've got just now is great but it's exciting to know that it it can get better as well.
0: What did you make of Alistair Johnson yesterday Alan?
2: I think think
1: probably that's one of his I think that's one of his strongest performances Um, I felt that he was quite composed on the ball and I think the things that we've maybe taken for granted a little bit with him and I think we talked about it maybe a wee bit on Friday when, when we were looking ahead to the game He's come in and he's been almost kind of seamless defensively. He's very strong. He's very quick. Um, he, he likes that battle. As Barry says, he looks like he's a, he's got a fair bit of needle in him as well. But I think what you saw, you seen yesterday, was just a little bit of composure. You know, he played a couple of reverse passes, almost saying that he was going to play safe. And actually, you know, there was a couple inside to McGregor that kind of opened the game up a little bit. And that's the element we need to see from him that I think we need to see a bit more from. I think Taylor yesterday on the other side, the amount of touches for a fullback he had, even when you know things didn't come off for us going forward, it was all because he was able to get himself in good spaces, pick up the ball almost like another central midfielder. And I think yesterday you seen just a wee bit more from Johnston in that element of the game. And I think defensively it was flawless. And in a game like that, the one thing, and I know it's a negative way of looking at it, but... I always think, with, especially against this kind of Rangers team, don't give them something for nothing. I think Johnson kind of fits that mould of doesn't give anything away cheap. He didn't dive in yesterday at all, and it was almost as if his evolution from the game in the 2nd of January, when he was good, but he was very rough around the edges to, I think, yesterday's performance, which I think from him was a lot more accomplished. It was um, encouraging signs.
0: Uh, Barry, your thoughts on Joe Hart?
2: Um... There was a few kind of ropey moments, um, as always, wasn't there? Um, and I think I think that we all agree that that's a position we can improve upon, or you would like to think that that's what the club are looking into, um, because it does strike fear into you at times, particularly in these games, and um, the likes of us three, we don't need anything like that as well, because we're already living on the edge in these games. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> And I'm sure a lot of supporters are the exact same. But yeah, just that, that was a bit of a concern there, um, and well, I think we all love him as a, as a personality, and his leadership skills, you saw how much it meant to him at the end of the game, um, he was going absolutely, what was that, What's that phrase you used, something cakes? Uh, bitch was cakes. It? Bitch cakes, I think, have people, have you said to someone, what does bitch cakes mean? Show them Joe Hart at the, <laughs> the final whistle uh, yesterday, but yeah, just a bit of a concern, Um he has, he's been great for us but we mentioned just just shortly there about constantly striving to improve um, and I think that if we could get a goalkeeper who with obviously not trading out the the fact that they have to be able to, to save shots but if we could get someone who's a wee bit more assured um, on the ball I think he could see us go up another level again so yeah, I, st- I still think I don't know what it would look like for him, would he happily stay to play second fiddle? I know that he didn't want to, it's buzz. Um he seems to really enjoy it here, but I'm not sure if he would, so it'll be interesting to see what happens in the summer, I think, in that position.
0: Yeah, and that that is the real kind of exciting thing about Ange, that if you think someone needs to improve, or a position needs to improve, it'll improve, it doesn't really matter who's who's holding it, so yeah well, we will see obviously that's a, the big kind of call but i love the celebrations i know that's <laughs> during the game there was a bit a bit of worry points but he really there was a bit where um one of the guys from the green brigade were out and handed him the microphone and all that and um when everyone was leaving joe hart accompanied them and made sure that he got back into the stand without like getting huckled by the police <laughs> or anything and i just thought wee wee bits like that bit of class um I got a question from a couple of comments from from Paul Gibson um, a couple of quick wire questions for the agenda given comments from their staff players and the lowest of the low in terms of a banner are they the most disgusting club on the planet um, I mean they had that as, as Alan said yesterday like, they had that banner with the expectation that they were going to lose to put that, yep. that banner out that's pathetic um,
1: rocked up ready to lose
0: Locked up, ready to lose, exactly. Um, question number two: What? Think we can
2: album. <laughs> well,
0: question number two: What will you be drinking tonight at 6.02 When they t- you turn on Clyde one and hear the s- the pain of the pundits and supporters who call in, mine will be their tears. Um, number three: Did Michael Moles? Oh, did Michael Beale? <laughs> I genuinely
1: didn't. Interesting question about former Ranger striker Michael, Michael Moles. Moles come
0: uh, yeah, um, did he shit himself and refuse to be interviewed by Sutton? Yes or I. Um, and then he says, on a serious note, Starfield, uh, two brain farts aside, was immense yesterday, and actually at the heart of both goals from the off. Whilst mm-hmm. Moy Hitati will get plaudits for the passes, Starfield does well under pressure. At the move for the start of the first, then intercepts the ball and passes it into our football player for the second goal. Um, it, that's a good point, Alan. We we kind of watched uh, watched that yesterday at Bowds, and he, um, he he comes out with the ball, and you know. It, plays out from the back and that's kind of you know
1: great leads to the goal particularly before the first goal the there is a really good passage of play that breaks up just in the edge of the Rangers box Um, and we are quite comfortable I think again when I mentioned earlier about our kind of what looked like superior fitness. I think that's something that you noticed towards the end of the first half. Rangers couldn't even recover the ball. They were kind of just sharing it and we were picking up everything. Um And I think Staffel, I think he was quite brave. Like the one in the second half, I, I genuinely, uh, well, I, I was going bitch cakes <laughs> um, <laughs> when he tried to pass it out. I, I genuinely thought that might have been my last, the last thing that I would see in this green earth would have been Staffel trying to play it out from the back. But I thought he, he was genuinely I thought he was very composed yesterday he was very comfortable very aggressive I thought him and Carter Vickers they do seem to kind of thrive on or pride themselves on being sharper, fitter, stronger in these games they, they both just looked really locked in yesterday so no I think um, they they both uh, very much earned their medals yesterday
4: Absolutely here's what Ange had to say Ange you have the winner's medal around your neck how good does it feel?
3: Yeah brilliant um because I know what it means, you know what it means uh, for the players and the staff have worked, worked awfully hard but uh, particularly for our supporters, you know, uh, it's another day that goes down in, in the history of this football club and um, you know, to be a, a contributor to that is uh, yeah, immensely proud and, and, and uh, really pleased. There was a lot of
4: quality on show this afternoon, particularly for the two goals but in that second half your team had to show a, another side to themselves that we don't often get the chance to see that battling quality.
3: Yeah, look, it's a cup final. So, you know, um, Yeah, I thought there were moments where we could have sort of broken them open and, you know, I said we scored two good goals, we had some good chances and we just you know, ended up being a little bit of a battle for us <clears throat> for a period there. And But, you know, this team is is made of pretty strong stuff. Um, they've proved that time and time again. And, you know, we need to defend. They're, they're, they're not going to shirk that. They're, they're going to do what needs to be done, put their bodies on the line and, and, and be strong. And I thought we did that and... Um, you know they got a goal and they were pretty direct after that. But yeah, you know, again at the end there, we had a couple of really good chances to sort of finish the game off. But you know, we had to earn it today. But I thought we well deserved it.
4: Kyogo will grab the headlines as he so often does. But was this absolutely a team performance?
3: Yeah, it always is, you know, um, and everyone understands that. And Kyogo the first one understands that because it's not just his goals; it's his you know, how hard he works for the team, uh, irrespective of his goals. He's, he's not going to walk out there and just say, "Well." You know, my job today is to score goals he, he goes out there and does everything he needs to do to help the team and uh, you know I thought uh, as I said it was well learnt today and he and, and needed you know, contributions from everyone not just the starters the guys who came on and uh, again well deserved
4: and not just the players on the pitch but you've got a backroom staff as well who you rely on for a lot of things so how much credit would you like to pay to them as well
3: yeah look um, yeah they're all a, a massive part of it and, and you know they every day they, they're the ones that kind of Make sure that we maintain it and improve our levels. It's, it's a fantastic environment we've got a Lennox Town. Everyone enjoys coming in. Um, they enjoy, you know, the work they do, but more importantly, they take pride in it. And uh, again, important for them to enjoy tonight. They're they're part of history now, and you know, this trophy is is, is theirs um, forever and a day.
4: They'll enjoy tonight. These supporters who were in here will enjoy it tonight. How good were they this afternoon?
3: Yeah, brilliant. Um, yeah, what an atmosphere and. Uh, yeah, you know, the scenes at the end there, I mean that's that's um, worth more than any uh, any other reward you're ever gonna get. Um, just standing there and, and seeing them sing and, and taking it all in is uh priceless.
0: So what he's saying there with that last bit is that he's staying at Celtic forever. So that's fine. That's now confirmed. That's that I mean that is a verbal contract. <coughs> so um it was interesting him talking about the um sorry, come in?
2: I'm just gonna say the the Celtic board doing that, I've got to give him reduced terms um for his next <laughs> contract because he's just <laughs> he shot himself on the foot there, so that's worth than more than any other reward. <laughs>
0: uh I mean we all love hearing him speaking, you know, he really does kind of, you know, strike a really important tone uh when he talks about the supporters and he talks about what it means to his and you do get that, you do genuinely get that feeling that he gets what this football club's about and it's very important. Um so it was great to hear, hear his thoughts. Um Just before we kind of uh, move on uh, and look ahead to St Mirren. um, Alan, Iwata, you mentioned him briefly. You think he's going to start pushing for a start potentially?
1: Yeah, you're hoping that we'll be in a scenario where potentially league games, you might be able to mix it up a little bit and that's not to, you know, it's it's like in a negative way of thinking about it there that almost you would only trust him in games where You know, you've got a strong lead, but I think Ange, we talk about how much he values match Sharpness and, um, you know, he's not particularly interested in shuffling the pack too much. But I do think that the minutes he got yesterday, like I said earlier, were quite significant. Um, He obviously feels that there's a level of trust there that he's earned, that he would bring him into that game. Him and McGregor both in the park at the same time as well, which we... um, maybe you you wouldn't necessarily imagine. So um, I think it's significant. I I would imagine that there'll be, you know, he's he's passed that test um, and that there will be more game time for him. Whether it starts over the next week or so or next month, I'm still not entirely sure, but I think you might find it, you know, once you can uh, usurp David Turnbull and be in that, you know, kind of go to substitute, I'd imagine that that would continue at the very least. So you know, he's kind of moved up that peck not at least, but I don't know if we'll see him start uh, anytime soon, just with, you know, a game a week largely for the next wee
2: while.
0: Barry, you've got confidence going into the next game against them, right?
2: Definitely, yeah. Um, I think I think that'll be a real, yesterday be a real one for them, um, mainly in their own doing as well because of how they kind of put themselves out there, but. In terms of, it's interesting to think what they might try and do now to do things differently. Um, they've obviously had a slightly different approach from the game at Ibrox to, to yesterday. So, if they try to be more attacking, um, it'll just play into our hands. So, yeah, just looking forward now to, to the game coming up. And I think Alan's point on the matter. Um, I think giving them the minutes yesterday in such a, a high-profile game, it kind of fast-tracks his progress again. Um and that's something that Ange likes to do. I think putting them in situations where he'd get so much more out of that sort of cameo performance um, yesterday than he would uh, maybe starting a a league game at home to one of the West west opposition. So it's it's clever how the way Ange does this. But yeah, I think there's lots to to look forward to from him.
0: Yeah, and I think you know what a difference a year makes because l- this time last year you were having Mikey Johnson and Moffat come on for Celtic, and now it's kinda of, it's a very different story, so it shows the strength and depth. Um Shout out to Celtic FC Women. Uh, they defeated uh, Rangers uh, 3-0 and there was a crowd of 1,639 there to see it, so that was absolutely fantastic. Um, you can get the entire lowdown on that um, from uh, Claire and Lorenzo on the Celtic Women's Football Show, which drops on Wednesday. Um, you're listening to the agenda, which drops every Monday. On Tuesday, we've got the review with Christian and Graham looking over the game and uh, everything uh, that needs to be reviewed over the last week. Thursday we've got the Cynic Weekly as always, Um, Friday we've got the weekend update, on Saturday we've got another episode of Faithful Through and Through, which uh, we'll be dropping on Saturday morning, Um, and on Sunday we'll have reaction to the St Mirren game, and that brings us into the St Mirren game, Um, we can't rest on our laurels, or morals, or whatever Stephen Gerrard said stupidly, Um, we have to really kind of push ahead, Alan. Celtic versus St Mirren. Ah, uh, is it new, is it called New St Mirren Park or something? It's not called Love Street anymore. What's it called?
2: Yeah, I think it's just St Mirren Park. Yeah, yeah. I think it's
0: new. Yeah. Um, Alan, what are you what are you thinking about coming into this game?
1: Well, it feels uh, when you said that. I think I, you know a minute or two ago about well, we'll be looking ahead to St Mirren. I was immediately thinking in my head, not yet. We won't. <laughs> uh, I'll be I'll be looking back before I'm looking forward. Um. And I think it's very important that the players and fans have time to recover. Um yeah. some some more than others, I would think. Um I think I'll be an injury doubt for Sunday's game, um going at this rate. But it's uh I think now you can start to see the kind of it is really a kind of drive towards the end of the season now. Um you know, almost into March, command and lead it's about just ticking the games off and I think to be honest we, we have been very very good at doing that since the World Cup Rangers have obviously been in much better form they've you know pretty much won out apart from the game against us in January and we are the same I think the the positive thing for them they start to run out of games yeah um, and I think for us it is just about seeing that obviously we lost it early in the season and we put in a really poor performance so it's just about trying to make sure that we don't um, you know don't replicate that kind of level of performance so and just continue to be Kind of ruthless, which is since the World Cup we have been ruthless, so hopefully that just continues at the weekend. But um I'll savor um I'll say yesterday a wee bit more before I'm thinking too much about Sunday.
0: Uh, Barry, what are you thinking about Sunday?
2: Um I think I would uh, what I would like to see, I think it's probably because I'm from Paisley, but I always feel that when we go to St. Murray Park for a number of years we haven't really performed there. Um spanning several managers. I know there was there was a few games um when his first spell were I think we won maybe four, four nil. But it always seems a a place that we we get results but sometimes that we don't have the best performances. Um I don't know why that is. It just seems to be one of those grounds that you go to. So I would quite like to see a real good performance. I think one thing that does help is the the competition for places. Like there's people chomping at the bit, isn't there, to get to get into the, the starting lineup, like Saka, Banovic that we mentioned, Iwata and so on. Um, so, just we're looking forward to to seeing the development of the the new players as well, like O, um, and see how long they get. And for me, as we well, are mentioned, ticking off the games, but I just want to see how many Kyogo can score. Um, it's getting to that point in the season where you want them just to, to fire up towards the the thirty mark and see how far he can go beyond that. Um, because he's he's shown that he's more than capable. So yeah, there's lots of lots to look forward to. Um I agree with Alan. I think we need to savour this because it's only right. I think you do when it is a a sort of landmark trophy and a, a landmark performance against your rivals. So um yeah, it's just as I said earlier, it's just a great time to, to be a Celtic fan and I know that from remember we did the, the reactions for all the home games during lockdown. <laughs> I think we've we've earned um to sort of indulge yourself in this current uh, Celtic team because it's it's a stark difference to what it was.
0: Absolutely. Um, I think we'll all be spending the week, the the afternoon kind of, you know, going through all the social media and, and having a nice time, maybe watching the game back and, and enjoy it. And as Alan says, I agree. Um, savour it because uh, it doesn't come around all the time. So great stuff. Um, that This has been the agenda. Um, as I say, we've got lots of stuff coming up this week. Um, we'll be looking ahead to the St Mirren game probably from uh, Thursday. Um, we'll still probably look back at the, the weekly as well. We need to get some money, let some money have a, a couple of digs at them as well. So that'll be great fun. But uh, Alan Edgar, pleasure as always, sir.
1: Thanks very much for having me. Hope everybody enjoys today. Enjoy watching it back and uh, wait for Super Scoreboard tonight, which I'll be tuning into for my week. Absolutely.
2: Barry, an absolute joy as always. Thank you. Back to work for me, but I'll be watching this stuff um, once I finish.
0: Great stuff. From Barry Gallagher, from Alan Edgar, I'm Chris Gallagher. This has been The Agenda, and we'll speak to you down the road.